happy, happy Monday, my fabulous vibers. Welcome back to my podcast where I believe that every woman deserves the freedom to craft the life she wants and the guts to go after it. We will share stories, facts, and opinions on various aspects of life to give you that kick in the ass to light you up and spread killer vibes every day, 24-7. Woohoo. Yes. Today, I'm so, so thrilled to present to you guys a wonderful guest, someone who I've come to know and to love for her passion, for her job, and for her community. Someone that's so strong and so amazing and just overall fabulous. Karen De Amat's professional career began on the cusp of social media emergence. As a working professional in marketing, she built a social media presence and developed her personal brand. Karen's solopreneur to entrepreneur journey as a CEO of Social Behavior started in 2014. Mm -hmm. Wow. With a grassroots-like approach of serving a handful of customers in the home-based office, satisfied customers and high demand yielded the opportunity for growth in a developing marketing category. I'm so proud of you, Karen. Thank you. So super excited and so thrilled to have you here uh, sharing your insights, your knowledge. When I met you, I knew that uh, you were something special. Yeah, because I felt like, okay, this girl is just working her ass off. She knows her shit. She knows what's up. She knows what she wants in life. And so for me to encounter women who know what they want, like I'm super like impressed by that. Thank you so much. I'm really hard on myself. So when I hear you read my own bio, I'm like, dang, that girl's awesome. And I'm like, wait. So I have to constantly remind myself of like how far I've come. And I'm working on that because that's part of uh, a self-love, right? Um, you know, Why work that I'm doing. Why are we so hard on ourselves, yeah. by the way? Like people will say, "Oh, you're so good at this," and you're like amazing at that, and we're like, "We play uh, it down, really? yeah. We play yeah, it yeah. so down." And, and guys, don't do that. Yeah, guys yeah. just sort of accept that even when they're shitty, they they just assume they're great, right? They don't <laughs> yeah, have like yes. this ego <laughs> built into their their DNA, their freaking genetics code. And we're over here like, we're the worst. We're just totally Debbie Downers about ourselves. Yeah. And I had read this, um, this, uh, article that said that women won't apply to positions unless they, um, fill like a hundred percent of the requirements right? and guys will apply even if maybe five or four are good. You know, and then it, it kind of kind of translates. I don't want to shift gears, but that translates into dating too. They'll shoot their shot with anyone. They don't. They don't lack yeah. any confidence whatsoever. Um, so yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my God. We we're we're gonna have to do a dating one eventually. Because here's the here's my idea. And you tell me eventually uh-huh. we'll do we'll do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to give women advice on how to dress when they go out on dates girl because men help. pay attention to that I and we need the help <laughs> yeah, we, we can definitely do another one and we'll um, do one definitely need a dating stylist I because I, there's a difference between mm-hmm. how you date for someone you want to really um I guess attain as opposed to somebody who just you're having fun with. Mm-hmm. I really do. I really do observe. Like I'm always paying attention to the girls that are posting their photos and they're like going on on a date. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's not going to get you anywhere. Right. <laughs> and right. that's just me. I'm very, I, I tend to judge a little yeah. bit on how you're looking. Right. 
I am definitely can say that I've always just did my own thing with life, with, yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. dressing. Uh-huh. And now that I care a little bit more about my image, uh-huh. I do try to dress a little bit better uh-huh. um, or, you know, but at the same time, I just want to make sure that it represents me well yeah. and that I'm also being 100% authentic because there's nothing worse than a person that's dressing up a certain way where it looks forced on them yes. and they, then you don't just you yeah, wear it yeah, well yeah. at that yeah. point. Yeah. yeah, and I bring it up because you and I met in my boutique. Right. You and I uh, first connected when you needed styling for your photo right. shoot. Right. You had a girl in like a, a not a girl's thing. I'm sorry, that should have not been girls. It should have been a group marketing campaign for your team yeah totally and it totally. was so amazing because everybody was so gorgeous and well coordinated and the photography was just it made such a difference amazing yeah, yeah and it, it really, really does because it shows cohesion right and when you're under um underdressed and especially for something like that i mean i think that if you are a woman that is taking care mm-hmm. of herself or building mm-hmm. her brand her personal brand right stylist is really important and i'm at that point now where uh-huh. I'm kind of looking into that because, because first of all, I don't have the time to dress myself nowadays. I'm just like, can I just call someone? And it, it feels painful almost. Like I'm already yeah. dealing with so yeah. much. So when yeah, it comes yeah. to now, I've got to figure out what I want to wear. God, it's like a painful undertaking. So I'd rather have somebody to call that. Yeah, just yeah. Has all that. Um, and I think I've gotten a little insight because my husband will be like, I'll, I'll show him pictures and I'll say, Hey, she's going out on a date. Would you date her? And he's like, No. Yeah. Uh, and he's sort of kind of the person that's very, right, Adlet, my husband, Adlet is our producer, and she's here today, too. Um, no, he's so honest about, like, girls and, like, no, that's not going to, that's not going to get a date. That's probably going to get a one-night stand. Like, he's so fucking honest about okay. everything. Well, look, next thinks. time I go on a date, I'll send you my picture, and then you yeah. can run it by, by Russ and let me know what he said. I will run it by him. <laughs> he's he's really good at that. But you're also very in tune with your body and very confident with your body so that's always a plus Mm -hmm. I'm that's the one struggle I always have with women is convincing them that their body is beautiful Mm -hmm. as it is Mm -hmm. it's it does not have to be perfect but what you do you accentuate what's right great about you yeah Yeah. okay so let's get to our topic because our topic is kind of deep um and heavy um and i'm glad that you're here because i really um value what you say value your opinion value your expertise and today we're going to be talking a little bit about why we don't have as many women of color in boards and in seats in corporate and community Mm -hmm. boards and Mm -hmm. nonprofits. i think um for a lot of us who have already sort of achieved certain levels, maybe academically, maybe work-wise, what's the next step? And for a lot of us is maybe going and participating on the board, maybe mm-hmm. being a part of the board. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think it's very, very difficult to get on one. Right, right. You know, I think um, from early on, I love that, like you said, academically, um, people in school, even in grade school, start with mm-hmm. the option to run for their, um, what is it called in school, their, uh, what is it? I haven't student. been in college. Right. No, even, 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 exactly. They have a student uh, governing student board. Council. Student, council. Student, council. Right. <laughs> student council. 
right, right, right. Anyway, <laughs> thank I goodness like, we have someone still in college. <laughs> yes, I, I forgot about this. This shows you how much I know. Of my own right, <laughs> and I was I was not the best student. I was actually a really mischievous student. But where did you go to school, by the way? I went to school, elementary school, Barbara Bush Elementary here on the side of town in West Houston. I went to uh, Stratford High School. Okay, and I've always I grew up in West Houston, so. The, the thing is that I ran, I was so ambitious even back then that I ran for wow. president of student council. And I was mm-hmm. like the worst student. I had bad grades. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how I qualified, actually. But yeah. I mean, I had um, people voting for me. And it's funny they that- They probably saw your drive. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I was, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had friends. I was the person in high school that was liked by everyone. If you didn't like me, you were the one with the problem, not me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. But I was yeah. never trying to be popular and I uh-huh. didn't want to fit in with any particular group. I didn't want to stand out to the whole school. I've just always been um, a person that establishes just really quick relationships and people get comfortable with me. And yeah. And they I like you. Likeable. I think, I think like, you're a likable right. person. Right. Yeah. So with that, I, I kind of started in grade school running for those positions and just wanting to be involved. Um, I wasn't, you know, by any means in, in athletics and I wasn't like a cheerleader, but I was mm-hmm. involved with mm-hmm. my whole school. I could tell you what was happening with the whole school at any right. time because I was friends with everyone. And that's kind of how um, it's translated into my professional and my career. Like I'm friends with people from all walks of life Mm -hmm. and I've got connections in the ghettos and I've got connections in politics, you know? And and that's just how, how um, diversified my network is. But I think it starts there. Like, you know, women that want to be in boards that want to have a seat at the table that want to reach new um, corporate levels that that want to be present and active and visible in their communities, they that's got to come from within. Okay. And once they set a goal mm-hmm. internally, like I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to insert myself into this board. They've got right. to make sure that that's, that's a goal. And that's, that's written out somewhere. Because and you know, I think that's why I invited you for this, this episode, because I see those qualities in you as someone who's going to say, yeah, you know what? You need me here. Right. Yeah. I I feel that. Like, I see that in you. Like, I see ambition. I see drive. I see um, a work ethic. Um, Those things that I think are so a passion for Mm -hmm. what you do and who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And also a... um, what is the word like you're not an un un unabashed mm-hmm. sense of yourself like that. yeah this is who I am I'm here and I'm going to you know tell you what I think yeah. and whether you like it or not these are my thoughts and this is why I think that right. and I think that's one thing that I I, I have like I feel like a, a kindred spirit with you because I I'm the same way Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of grew up thinking the same way. I kind of thought, you know, about things and, um, you know, in, in the way that I approach my life is always like, well, you know, maybe you don't want to hear it, but you're going to hear it anyway. So I have to tell right. you and I have something right. to say. I think that gets me in trouble a lot, <laughs> especially with my, my employees, because I'm righteous. And, yeah. But I'm not just coming out of left field. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm going to tell you exactly yeah. what you did wrong and I'm going to tell you. 
um, what I expect from you. And a lot of times I have to dial it back because I'm like, hey, these people are just doing their job. Like not everybody wants to rule the world, Karen. Stop. And so yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I kind of have to, to dial it back. But I did, uh-huh. uh, I don't want to shift back to dating, but I did just put a post out on social media. I want, loved oh, it, by the you. way. I was the first one to share, to post because I'm like, yes, girl, put it out there. I'm, put, I'm putting myself out there. And, and obviously that's very vulnerable. But one of the things that I outlined about myself is I need someone that I, I laid out how hard I've worked since, yeah. since I started my journey, yeah. right? Like it's not been an uphill, um, a, a walk in the park. It's mm-hmm. been a very uphill, you know, treacherous battle. So yeah. I actually put put my whole little bio on there. And I said, you know, I need someone that matches this intensity that matches my energy that matches my passion, Mm -hmm. because that's how I, I can connect with someone like you Mm -hmm. that you Mm -hmm. see me and you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, man, she really matches that. Mm -hmm. And we can just, we can light a fire off of each other because that intensity between us. And I think that's very important that you pointed that out because a lot of people uh, this is one thing that I hate whenever they talk about dating. They're like, oh, I need him to just be my opposite. Not really. Mm-hmm. You need somebody who's a like. Right. Because two likes get each other. They understand each other. Like I've gone through moments where I've been so pissed because mm-hmm. somebody did me wrong and somebody did this to me. And Russ was like, yeah, fuck them. Like, yeah. you know, they did you wrong. <laughs> like, like I need that. I need that because he knows me. He knows where I'm coming from. And I think that's something we discovered very early on because, you know, we've been together since we were in college. I was in grad school when I met him. Um, but he, he saw that in me and he saw that fire and that ambition and that, you know, I came from the shittiest neighborhood, but I was like so driven to become something. Um, and for him, yeah, it was like, wow, he, he, he was super in tune with that and super like, yeah, I love that. And, 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 you know, with that energy, what he needed. Yeah. Right. With that energy, you can also scare people. So if I scare you, um, I'm probably too much for you. We're probably not a match. And I mean that professionally too. Some people exactly. that work for me are just very overwhelmed with my show with what I put out. And so, so if you were to pursue a board seat, for example, um, would a board seat be in a place where their values and their mission would be correlated to you, or would it be somewhere where you feel like you could change? So, um, the ecosystem within the corporate right. world. So the, as far as organizations are concerned, um, and community boards, I mm-hmm. feel like I want to align myself with something I'm passionate about. Uh, and if I find a board that I see myself being a good fit in, obviously I can make a, um, you know, I can make a, a claim. I can, um, start engaging with them. I don't think that women just go to a board and say, Hey, I want to be here. Mm-hmm. You have to develop your personal brand. You have to define who you are gotcha. as, as a person, as, yeah. a, as a female, whatever it be, you know, just because everyone's out and being an entrepreneur right now, doesn't mean you have to be one. You can be a great employee and still contribute to your Got community. Yeah. You know, I, we can talk about this uh, if you want to go back to it a little bit later, but mm-hmm. I can tell you about my path in corporate America and how I reached, you know, really, really high level before I stepped out on faith and went and pursued mm-hmm. the marketing world. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um, 
you know, as far as getting into boards, I've actually made a name for myself professionally and everyone identifies me with, okay, this is Karen. She owns a social media agency that's really valuable to organizations that are a little bit behind the, the, I guess, behind the marketing era. A lot of organizations are just falling behind where they're not up to speed with the technology. And so when a board, I'm introduced to a board, I start volunteering, I speak at an event, I start just inserting myself into the the board the, yeah. or the community. Yeah. People start to recognize, okay, she brings value because she does this. And so, so are you, you recommending that we become a little more um, loud, not loud in the bad sense, but a little more, um, you've got to be intentional. Visible. You've got to be how intentional. We, yeah. And visible. Invisible. So. And actually bring in some good shit to the table. Like don't come in with some crazy ass right. nonsense. Right. And so by the same token, if you're a professional, um, a working professional or young professional and you happen to be really good at bookkeeping like hey bring that to the table let them know that you can be uh, seen as a CFO of your board um, an assistant to the CFO on the board just a bookkeeper I mean all those roles running up sitting on a board um, it can be it, it varies, right? Like, are yes. you on a corporate board? Are you on a charity board? Non-profit, yeah. Exactly. So they all vary, but there are various roles to fill. And I think as long as you can add value, they'll and, and you are intentional and you are visible, you know, they'll come around um, if if that's the role that's meant for you, you know? Yeah, and I think something that you, really, that you mentioned is something that's really... Um, Something that's very repetitive in all the research that I've been reading is you have to bring in value. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. to bring in value. You have to bring in networks. You have to bring in um, an expertise in bringing people together. Because I think a lot of the women who have been called to be um, a part of boards bring in a lot of influence. Right. Um, right. But I'm wondering, as Latinas, as women of color, do we... Do we have that sort of uh, drive, that 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 skin, that tough skin, to be able to deal with, you know, coming into a board of maybe nine white conservative men, and mm-hmm. here you are, like, you know, the lone pick a brown board. girl, I'm just yeah, that's progressive. Right. Yeah, do we pick a different board, or do we come in and try to mm-hmm. change the environment on this one? Mm-hmm. Well, I think historically, uh, coming into that, like you said, that scenario where it's a traditional board, mm-hmm. I feel like, let me backtrack a little bit. Six years ago when I started my business and I would tell people, oh, I'm a, I'm the owner of a social media agency or, oh, I, I run a social media agency. People would play me down like, oh, that's so cute. Oh, you just play on Facebook. Okay, little yeah, girl. Yeah. You know, people would play Oof. me down and... And yeah. I just have to really dismiss that. I'm like, okay, get out of my way. Like, just, I'm going to just have to move you over. It didn't affect you. So it didn't, it didn't face Good me. It didn't you. affect me. I just had to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. And so I think fast forward to six years later, I go up to the same person and I'm saying, hey, I run a social media agency. I have nine employees. I make, you know, 
to me, substantial revenue. I'm Mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. very, very happy with life. Mm -hmm. And people really respect that because now social media is so much more valuable. And people are like, wow, you do that? Wow, that's amazing. And now with COVID, it's become even more important. More relevant because it's just the number one, you know, communication platform um, in the world right now. And so with, you know, I think the times are changing. I think the way people see uh, women business owners are changing. I think men mm-hmm. are being more accepting that there are women uh, becoming leaders, whether they like it or not. Yeah. And if you don't like it, just get out of my way or get used to it. Um, but you're going to have to accept it one way or another. You know, and I think a part of it is we have to start, uh, we have to start doing those things to make people comfortable with us. Mm-hmm. Because I think the status quo has been established for so long conventional wisdom wisdom says oh this company is going to be led by this white guy this lee iacocca type and so he's gonna fucking solve all of our problems right um and then they come in and they're like okay you know what i'm bringing somebody else in who's a little bit different and has a different perspective like the guy who took over uber uh, uh an iranian guy that was completely different from the guy who was there before like I'm just thinking, like, how do we convince, not convince, but how do we, um, how do we embrace them? How do we give them the time to embrace us? Right. Because I don't want to play down the fact that, you know, men and women are equal. And so I think in this women, uh, I employ a team of women and I can tell you why I've had challenges with working with men in my business where mm-hmm. they don't want to take it from the boss. They don't, they don't want to take it from Karen and they just mm-hmm. not, not trying mm-hmm. to hear it. Mm-hmm. And so I think men in general just have a hard time of seeing themselves as our equal, but I want to be inclusive. I want to bring yeah. men to the table and I want to give you a chance to shine. So people like companies like Uber that have given that person the platform, it could have been a man or a woman yeah it's just let me put you in a position of leadership because i think you can make the change that we need Uh, i think you can make the changes that need to happen i think you can be that leader so you don't want to take away uh, from men everybody deserves a seat at the table but historically yes it's been you know traditionally those those men that are running an organization into 1950 back into they're going back yeah they are and, a lot of them are yeah and that's just not how um that's not the way of the future and that's not progressive thinking so if you want to be progressive you might as well invite uh yeah. minority woman onto your board because we're just that plugged in we're we're connected uh with the needs of the world and we understand how to make shit happen Exactly. And you know what? I, that's something that I, we, were, we were talking about earlier because I was like, um, I was looking at the research that said, okay, so what are boards looking in terms of essential characteristics and, and what can Latinas contribute that's a little bit different and, and unique? Um, and one thing that, that always pops up is a high integrity. Mm, they they always see that if a Latina joins, let's say she joins a board or she joins um, an organization, that she's going to bring in high integrity. Why? Because she holds her values very hold to her, very very close to herself and who she is as a person. Um, they tend to be more transformational. They tend to be a little bit more of visionaries. They aspire to 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 show how good they can be at something. 
Right. Uh, they're also, um, you know, and not only educated, but they also have have experience in managing multiple things at one time. So those are those are attributes that I think we need to really play up. Right. As we go in and we talk to people and say, hey, give me the job. Well, why am I going to give you the job? Well, because, you know, I'm highly educated. I know about a lot of shit. But I also like manage tons of things at one time and, and without a problem. Mom, and if they're a mom, yeah. I mean, that's it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you cannot, you cannot yeah. not hire them. You cannot not bring them on because moms to me are like the most underrated yeah. managers of life. Right. And so, and then, but on the other um, side, people always think, well, you know, does she, um, you know, so one of the things that are obstacles for us in terms of Latinas that are coming in and trying to take these opportunities, um, a lot of them really take their cultural obligations as more important than their job. They also tend to feel like the family obligations Mm -hmm. um, come before any job. Yeah. And that's true. I see it all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't worked for a whole year. And so for me, it's sort of been like I've been telling I've been asking my boys. I have a 17 and a 12 year old. And I'm always like, do you want mom to go back into the workforce? But what that means is like mom is probably going to be gone all day. You may not get dinner every single day, that sort of thing. And the boys are just like, no, mom, don't do that. Don't. Why don't, don't you want to do yeah. that? I like that you're here. But then at the same time, if there's a opportunities for me yeah or there's big things going on that are mm-hmm. being offered to me mm-hmm. I'm 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 at a crossroads like whether I say yeah or, or say no because um my kids and so right. family obligations are very very serious like it really is right but you can shape your at home your children yeah. and to become the future leaders yeah. of our country and I think that that's a job in itself yes. so if I was to have a kid you know my I would I would expect that. So I do want to go back to something that you said, like that cultural obligation, that integrity. I think Latinos, since we've just had such a rough path um, to success or to become visible, you know, and in, in, at least in America, like yeah. the 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 challenge has been there all along so we anyone that wants to be seen and wants to be visible wants to stand out as a latino in these times Mm -hmm. because they've done the work or they're up for the challenge and they're ready to to you know go on that on that ride um because for us it's just been overwhelmingly challenging in, in past times. So we don't have a direct path into mm-hmm, a board, mm-hmm, into success, mm-hmm. into the corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. We actually have to work for it. Yeah. And so growing up, I saw my mom working harder than anyone I've ever seen working. And she was gone so many long hours, started a business, didn't even yep. speak Spanish, and just celebrated 24 years of owning the first female-owned insurance agency wow. in Houston. And I'm like, man, I really equate that with with the level of that. That really is how I've always seen work ethic. So I had to go. I've done a lot of like there. Beautiful, Karen. Thank you. Beautiful. But it's also it's also not what everyone's going to give me. So I've had to do a lot of um, therapy work and kind of detach people's value from how hard they work. Yeah. Because sometimes people's value can just be that they're a loving person. Mm-hmm. That they're just a mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. Um, very organized person. That they're a very 
clean person or right. just look at their values in other yeah. ways. They're just a very good contributor to our society yes. by their volunteer work. Yeah. And they volunteer once a week. And I can't, I, I had to kind of dial it back because just because somebody works 50 hours a week and goes into the trenches and just freaking, you know, knocks out a killer week after week to me, I was like that, that to me was how work was done. I've been doing this since I was 15 years old because that's how I was introduced to the work life. So I've been working since I was 15 yeah. and I've always equated hard work to success. Mm-hmm. But as a 37 year old business owner and entrepreneur, I'm wondering why my nine employees can't put in that level of work. And I have to kind of say, OK, wait a minute. Their value is this. Their value is that she likes to organize happy hours. Their value is that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so modif- modifying kind of- what their skill sets are yeah. and like modifying that in terms of, yeah, because honestly, I think in myself as a, as a Gen Xer, my, my value and my work ethic is very different from the younger generations. Like I, I will go into work when I'm fucking sick. Yeah. I will go into work if I'm not dying and there's a hurricane, I'm in there, I'm doing my job. Right. I used to go into teaching when I was having like, uh, relationship problems and my eyes were swollen and my poor babies were like, maestra, que le pasó? Que tiene? Like they would ask me, I'm like, no, 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 nada, 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 nada. You know, estoy enferma, estoy enferma. But you would still go into work, even if you just had a fucking meltdown the night before you went into work. Mm-hmm. It goes back to your mom. It goes back to the way that my dad worked. Mm-hmm. My dad would go in at five o'clock every morning, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I would see him. Right. And I would know that. And he would come home exhausted and tired. Mm-hmm. But I always saw that as a virtue, like how amazing that my dad used to have that work right. ethic no right. matter what so I think it's instilled in us and I think yeah when when we create leaders uh of our communities and we're creating the future for members of our of our time they're being they're being created in the home and so they're not to say that um there's a lot of work that I'm doing personally mm-hmm. in terms of, of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. other therapy mm-hmm. and, and working on myself but yeah the because I had a lack of parenting when I was young. Oh, so I didn't have okay. a lot of mm-hmm. other guidance in other areas. Mm-hmm. However, that work ethic, boy, that was that was drilled into me from a very, yeah, very no, young age. It was for me that as was well. Embedded yeah. in my DNA. Mm-hmm. It was embedded in me because of him, because of my father. Right. But at the same time, my mom was a consummate housewife. Mm. And so when I don't match those expectations in my house, because I don't have food ready all the time for my kids, I don't have everything like, you know, dinner, breakfast, like my mom was a consummate housewife, but she will say to me, she will honestly say to me, she goes, that was what I wanted. I right. didn't want anything else. She goes, I didn't have any aspirations to have a job. Right. I didn't have any aspirations to to reach the highest levels of anything. I'll, all I wanted was to be a mom. So that was very honest and very I beautiful. But, but when I confronted her a few times about it and, and I said to her, but mommy, yo no soy así. Yo no soy así. Right. Like, I'm not like you. Not and she said, she said to me something very beautiful. She goes, I know. And that's okay. You don't have to be like me. Go be you. Right. You are ambitious. You're driven. You're hardcore about this and that. I used to be super, you know, super free as a young woman. And she mm-hmm. was raised in a very conservative Catholic um, household. But she said to me, I don't want to raise you like that. I want you to be super free with your body. Mm-hmm. And um, and she would 
make our dresses. Like she was Love so, that. So super sexy. And I mean, she I could just go over that. that. Yes. But she helped me to embrace that. And so when I got married, I got married and I was just super free with my sexuality. Mm-hmm. There was no holds barred, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I'm grateful for those things that our parents taught us as we yeah. grew up. But I learned work ethic because of him, because of my father right? Um, and who he was. And, like, he just literally retired. And he says, mm-hmm. you know, I just retired after maybe 50, 60 years of work. Yeah, yeah. She's astonishing. And he's probably bored. He's like, oh, what do I do now? I think people like us, you know, I, I do get tired. Yeah. And I do burn out. And I do appreciate, you know, vacation and checking out. I think it's so, so needed. For me, because my my work weeks are intense. I yeah, mean, I'm sitting here right now, and when as soon as Monday morning starts, yeah, Sunday night I start to yes. get to work just so I can get ahead for yes. Monday, and and I go into this freaking blender, and I don't come out, and I, I don't come out of the cycle until Friday at like six p.m. and mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm drink but I'm so thankful for it because yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, my yeah. god I don't have time to think about anything else like don't come at me with any other nonsense because yeah I'm only worried about this and I'm yeah. worried about my work life my obligations my employees like things that need to get done and so I feel like when you take that away and I, I've worked this way since I was 15 so if I was to stop working or retire early you're mm-hmm. damn right I'm going to be looking at a board and being like, what can I do here? Because yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I'm going to continue to want to work and want to serve. Um, and I think at that point, you want to contribute back into society. Right. Um, and then something that happens a lot in the community is like they get to a certain level and they feel like they reached the highest level. Well, what are you doing to bring other women along with you? Um, well, so the thing is, ever since you know, obviously 2020 COVID, we've had all of the social injustice, racism, mm-hmm. um, issues that we face that we, I never thought in America that we would be, you know, up against this. And there's, I'm busy. Like I just said, my, my work weeks are busy businesses yeah. since COVID. But what I've done, um, is I've contributed to my society and my community in three ways. I find the people that are doing the work, yeah. I wish I could be doing. Okay. And I donate to them. Okay. Um, a lot of times, like if you follow Trey the Truth, he's the first one lining up trucks and filling them up with much needed stuff for mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. any hurricane relief. Gotcha. I will literally go to his link in his bio and just put money in there because mm-hmm. that is my financial contribution to the people that are doing yeah. the good yeah, yeah, in yeah. our community. And like him, I have found other women that I'm like, man, they are just rocking it out that I follow on social media and they're out there protesting. If you know Susie, um, yes, uh, from, from Instagram, love her and think it's like Sue's Lessa HOU. And she's just out there fighting the fight for all the immigrants, for all the freaking racial injustice. She's yeah. out at every black lives matter. She and, sure is. And then she did a bill that she sent to, they were, they were going to Washington to present them with a bill, um, to honor Vanessa and mm-hmm, um, or, mm-hmm. or to change the legislation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in in her name, mm-hmm. and I supported that, and I gave money to that. And so, by the way, I do the exact same thing. Yeah, I do the exact same thing. If I don't have the time to be able to help, I'm there to contribute exactly. with my money. Exactly. Yeah, with my money. And by the way, Rusk is like whatever. Because, you know, sometimes in married couples, uh, they don't want you to. I'm like, fuck it. 
I'm giving them a hundred, two hundred dollars. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes he's like, uh, what is that for? I'm like, it's right. it's for the goodness. A lot of times, yeah. So my business partner early on when I mm-hmm. when we looked at our books mm-hmm. and when we first partnered up and he's like, Well, why do you do donate this much to volunteering? Why do you do this much for free? Yeah. I sponsor, if you're a charity, yes. you come to me, I will literally obviously yes. work in a discount. I will do your services, yes. your social media at cost. Um, and my business partner was like, wow, that's a that's a loss. You know, we're not making any money off of that. Why do you yeah. do that? Yeah, 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 and yeah. I'm like, that's my contribution. But see, this is so, the thing, Karen. I think a lot of men who are very business oriented see yeah. it in terms. Yeah, because my husband's the same way. He sees it as like, a, okay, it's a, it's, it's a gain or it's a loss. Yeah. Um, and what I say to him is like, if we are making this money, we have an obligation. We really do as a community to give back mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. do philanthropy and right. to do something that, 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 that matters because, mm-hmm. um, what the hell does it matter that you have this money if you're not doing something that's going to help somebody else? Right, right, right. So if I can't join you. Yeah physically or help you out with my work, I will support you uh, financially. So that's how I see myself as taking women and empowering women along for the ride. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much for just being such an amazing guest today. The insight that you have and the feedback that you have, I hope it helps other women that are coming up and trying to figure out, you know, their own, um, their own business strategy or maybe their path. Mm -hmm. Um, I think all of us sort of have a path in mind and I think a lot of us take deviations, Mm -hmm. but honestly that path that you put in, in, in the beginning, really um, you really do kind of work toward and you keep going, you keep going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a set of affirmations that I read every single morning and um, every single year around this time of year, I start to kind of evaluate. I Mm -hmm. give myself an an evaluation straight up. Like I look at, okay, where am I? Uh What am Uh I doing with Uh my life? And I've done this for the last six years. Okay. And I kept all the paperwork from when I started six years ago. You know, what is your passion? What could you be doing in life? Are you still getting the most out of life? Okay. Uh, what kind of new goals do we want to put into place? I remember one of the wow. things from like two years ago or a few years ago was like, uh, I am, and when I do my affirmations every morning, I read them as it's already mine. So I always say, if I want something, it's already mine because mm-hmm. I'm just going to mm-hmm. speak it into mm-hmm. existence. Mm-hmm. So in my affirmations, I say, you know, thank you, Lord. I'm thankful for having this much in my bank account, for having this car. I'm thankful for having, uh, for being a leader in my community. I'm thankful for guiding others. Wow. I'm thankful for mm-hmm. the people that you put in my path. I'm yes. thank- and, I, and I say all these things. So they're not all, you know, financial goals and stuff like that, but I've read all the notes from previous years and I've been, I've been writing my own story for the last six years. And so I always say when people want to freaking do, when people want to get into a position in a board, be a leader in their career, get a promotion. I want you to write it down, write it down first. 
and 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 set those goals in paper and yes. you want to slowly find your path there. You, I mean, obviously. So you believe in manifesting? Oh, I believe in manifesting 100. percent I've been manifesting since I was a teenager. Me too. You know, I started manifesting when I was 19, and I and I saw the Oprah show. Mm. <laughs> Do you know Oprah Arlette? You know, you know Oprah. <laughs> she. I don't think you know the Oprah know. show. You do know the Oprah show. Yeah. Um, and she had this whole thing on like how you manifest and how you put it on a vision board and you take fucking pictures. And here I am, 19 years old, Karen, 19 years old, living in the north side, like the shittiest neighborhood in the world. And I went to my friends, these these people that I used to dance with because I was a dancer. And I'm like, you guys, I'm going to marry. <laughs> I told you the story, right? I'm going to marry this big, bald man. He's going to be like a football player type. Oh and my friends were like, wow. uh, you're a Mexican. There's no Mexicans like that. I'm like, right. who said Mexican? I've never right. said Mexican. Um, and then I go home and I tell my dad about it. My dad goes, uh, yeah, that makes sense to me because he's you, you cannot possibly marry a Mexican. You're mm -hmm. so, he said, tu eres una cabrona. Mm -hmm. No te van a aguantar. Te van a sacar de la casa. Like, he right. was like, they're going to run you out. Like, you need a guy that's Horrible. so much like you. Yeah. But this is 19 years old, and so time goes by. And I said, no, papi, yo me voy a casar con uno así. And I'm like this and like that. And I told him back then. I used to always <laughs> say that. I used to always say that, too. <laughs> I think our parents. And it fucking too. happened. Right. It happened for me when I was 23. Right. I, and my mom has yeah. tried to talk me out of every dream that I've ever told her because I've always told her, like, Mom, I'm going to be on um, TV. I'm going to marry this guy. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to. I'm going to. See, the thing is, I never said I wanted to be a CEO. I never said I wanted to be a business yeah, owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never said I wanted to own a social media uh -huh, agency. Uh -huh. I legitimately, my, my number one objective is I just want to be successful. I want to have a, a, a platform where I can use to just help others, empower others, and give back. That's like my number one And that's you know, what you've done. Mission. Yeah, but you've when, done that. when I would talk to my mom and mm -hmm. I would say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be successful, I'm going to be like you, she would talk me out of it because she's like, this is so hard. Just, <laughs> just find, find an that's easier amazing. route. Just go to college <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and do, yeah. do it that way. And that for me, for me was not fulfilling. So it was, it was kind of, even though I had a long fight to get here, yeah. the path to success for me um, was very, very rocky but I've, I've always manifested it since day one and you know what i'm just really grateful that my dad always said yeah that's gonna happen for you mm -hmm. that's exactly what's gonna happen mm -hmm. for you that's gonna happen for you yeah so i i i always credit him and i still tell him to this day i said papi if you were if you were not my cheerleader through mm -hmm. my teen years, mm -hmm. I don't think I would have gotten to the point where I am today because he was my cheerleader the whole time. Right. The craziest shit, I would say the craziest shit to him. Like, I, you know, un dia voy a ir a ta, 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 ta. And my, my dad was like, tu vas a ir, tu vas a ir. You're going to get there. You're going to get yeah. there. Tu vas a ir. O sea, like, there was no way there was any doubt in his mind. Yeah. And I think if he would have doubted me at one time, I would have mm -hmm. been like doubtful forever because his opinion and his thoughts meant the world to me. Oh, that's the opposite for me. If you doubt me, uh -huh. don't even tell me that you don't believe I'm going to do it because then I'm just going to do it and I'm going to. And you're going to prove you. I'm going to post it. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah. 
And I'm just going to have to show out. No, 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 no. Yeah. That was the thing that I used to always tell my mom when she would say, okay, it's okay to dream. Okay. That's so cute. Yeah. Maybe you Uh will. Maybe uh you won't. uh I would tell her, just watch, just watch. She's very realistic. Very realistic. No, my dad was more of an idealist. Mm. He's always been an idealist. Love that. He would, I would always say to him, like, you know, I'm going to do this. Of course you're going to do that. I love that. I know that I about that. you. You're going to do that. And when I was almost engaged to this loser high school boyfriend, he's like, why would you settle for that? Yeah. You're so much better than that. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, didn't think of it that way. You're yeah. right. I am better than that. And I'm fucking breaking and up now, with the boyfriend. Yeah. You're like, Bye. <laughs> But, um, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I got just watch tattooed on me, like on my wrist. And so now when I tell my mom, yeah, I, I just called her about a month ago and I said, mom, I'm going to be on a major network on TV on a reality show. And she's like, cause I was, I was, uh, doing some casting with a Bravo network. And then they oh were my like, gosh, my yes. mom was like, I believe you. Now she doesn't question me. I'm just yeah. like, I'm going to be on the real housewives. Mom, just get ready. Bravo. It's happening. And she's yeah. like, yeah, I don't, I don't doubt you anymore. <laughs> like, I love whatever, it, yeah. whatever you like, you know what? Damn it. It is happening for you, Karen. She's coming yeah. around. She's coming around. I love it. I love it. And so I just want to say that I thank you so much for being here today, giving us some of your time. I know that you're really busy. You're a hardworking woman, someone that we all need to look up to aspirationally, someone that we can look up to in terms of what the hell is going on in the city. She's got her finger on it and she knows what's up. Um, and I'm just so grateful for you, Karen. Thank you so much for coming in and, and, um, and just sharing your, your expertise and your knowledge, your background, who you are, what build, what made you who you are now and today. Um, and I just can't wait to see what happens next. I know. I'm I excited. think, I think the, the sky is the limit, I think, Absolutely. for you and um, everything. For anyone. For anyone. Yeah, for anyone. Like, yeah, if Thank you want you. it, you yeah. can have it. Mm-hmm. And I think we're just getting there and we're preparing ourselves. I think this election has really, um, I think, strengthened our resolve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's done for me. It's strengthened my resolve and what I need to do in order for us to move Texas forward and to be progressive mm-hmm. and to just be um, inspirational in what and anything that happens. Yeah, I think a manifestation of what you just said is yeah. what's happening in our election right now i know, know i know all that work that everybody did yes the dreams could have been crushed like nobody's and there. hey listen texas is not there yet but texas is gonna get there very soon i really believe that and i know it absolutely yeah. believe it so thank you Good. so much thank for being you so here much today and giving us your expertise and everything uh guys please look out for this episode give us your feedback if you have any questions for karen if you have any questions for me i can't wait to hear them i just want to know what you're thinking about our podcast give me all the feedback if you have any questions and something you want to see coming up on the podcast let me know i cannot wait um you know, we're only getting better and what's only going to get a more amazing 2021. Thank you so much for listening in today. Bye.